0: Hi there. It's Daniel from the Learn Opportunity Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. This is our first episode and it's a great one. It's an interview with Senator John Crane, who is an Indiana state senator. And he's also the founder and a leader of the Sagamore Leadership Initiative, which is a mentorship program, a leadership program for youth here in central Indiana and beyond really. He has a lot of really cool things to say, things that uh, I immediately have applied to my life, including some things on balance and margin. How do we create opportunity in our life? Well, Senator Crane says that it comes from having balance and margin in your schedule. Sometimes you need to take some space and sit back and have time for reflection and thought in order to create opportunity. Or to even find opportunity, opportunity that may be there, but we're just not seeing it yet. So thank you so much for listening. And after this interview, uh, we have so many other guests that I think that you will really enjoy listening to. People who have created opportunity and found opportunity in their life from a diverse set of backgrounds and experiences that I'm really excited for you to hear from. If you would, please leave a five-star review after this podcast so that we can get the word out there about learn opportunity podcast because we want to create more opportunities for more people so here we go with our our first episode with senator john crane Hi there. Welcome to the Learned Opportunity Podcast, casual professional and lifestyle development. We want to inspire listeners like you to find and create opportunities through continual learning. I'm Daniel.
1: And I'm Gwendolyn.
0: Today we have Indiana State Senator John Crane with us to talk about some things that he's been learning. Hi, John.
2: Hey, good to be with you both. So Welcome.
0: Tell us just a little bit about yourself. Like, Do you have a, a keyed in intro for for any time that you're speaking?
2: Well, you know, it's interesting, Daniel, that when you get the role of senator or any elected official, that tends to overshadow everything else, right? So I I talk about a lot of different things over the years, and leadership is one, and cultural engagement, and all these different things. And then you get elected to the Senate, and people assume that the only thing you want to talk about is politics, which is fine. Obviously, politics is important. But for me, having grown up in Indiana and really being passionate about our state, and uh, our community, and leadership, and all those things. My role as the senator has really opened the door for that,
0: Mm -hmm. and
2: really gives me a chance to hone in on really helping people. I mean, that's that's the thing that I'm I'm really passionate about, is leveraging the platform to be able to help. So when my wife and I got married, we had the opportunity to move wherever, and I really felt like God was calling us to stay in Indiana, and uh, here we are almost 20 years later, and That was the right call, so glad to be
0: here. Glad to have you. I knew you primarily from your leadership development stuff and then also from the church world. Yep, that's right. Nice to have you on. So today we're having a little snack, Gwen. What are we having?
1: (laughs) We are having something I've never had before, but we were inspired to bring it on because you're in the government in Indiana, (laughs) and we're like, what snack could represent that? So we are having Indiana Sugar pie. Did I say it right? Mm-hmm. All yeah. right. Who's your sugar pie? And cream it is delicious. My
0: sugar pie over there in Zionsville. I think Oprah actually did something she did. where she liked like the my sugar pie.
2: Nice. Um, and and <laughs> you do realize that sugar cream pie is the official state pie of Indiana. Oh yeah. That was actually a thing before I got to the state house. They passed a law to make that the official. <laughs> pie of indiana it's amazing
1: no wonder i like living here because like i love food yeah, and if exactly. that is a value in government to like <laughs> let's get this pie it's official yeah and you Think hear me eating all the important things we should be focused on. <laughs> <laughs> pie no anyway. i value that it's very holistic i'm it's glad great. that
0: we're really initiating change here in this state <laughs> we know. are hopefully mm-hmm. more states follow suit and uh, start naming their official pies i'd be curious what, what some of them would be exactly yeah
1: it's good stuff
0: Well, like I mentioned before, too, John, we uh, knew each other through Sagamore leadership. I participated in that while I was in high school. Can you tell the listeners a little bit more about what that is?
2: Sure. Yeah, that uh, came out of my own journey. As you know, Daniel, when we were back at the uh, same church together way back when, many years ago, I was on staff at a church in Avon, Light and Life Church. And then in 2008, the recession hit. That small church wasn't able to maintain my position. And so it started me on what I call 13 months in the wilderness of trying to figure mm-hmm. out okay, God, what is it that you want me to do from this point forward? And that gave me a variety of opportunities to work a number of different jobs. And one of them was delivering newspapers for the Indianapolis Star, mm-hmm. which was a very interesting experience. I came in and frankly, I, Probably a, a little too prideful. I thought, well, how hard can this be, right? <laughs> you just drop the uh-huh. newspaper in the driveway or in the mailbox, and came to come to find out it was a much more complicated process. Plus, you're in the middle of the night delivering these papers between 2 a.m. and 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. And I did that for three of those 13 months, and that was having had four children, having a master's degree. You know, And so God used that in a very positive way ultimately to humble me, but also to give me a chance to do some self-reflection. And one of the big questions I was really wrestling with as I was trying to figure out what is the next vocational ministry or vocational pathway that I wanted to pursue, the question was, what am I really good at? What am I passionate yeah. about? And all of a sudden this seed began to germinate inside of me in thinking about the world in which our our kids are growing up in Mm -hmm. and saying, okay, as we look at the culture, as we look at the country, are we satisfied with where things are trending generally? And the answer for me was no. Mm. Well, then what do you do about it? That really became the seed for what now is the Sagamore Leadership Initiative of really coming alongside next generation leaders ages basically 12 to 22, and helping them understand why they believe what they believe about the deep things of life, Mm -hmm. helping them understand that we each have a platform or a sphere of influence, and that we don't have to be an adult to change the world, that you can start right now to really begin to make a difference. And it has been fascinating and exciting and challenging all at the same time to go on that journey with now hundreds and hundreds of young people, and then to watch them like yourself grow up, become adults, get into whatever their Mm -hmm. avenue of calling is, and then begin to see God use them to flourish. It's exciting.
1: That's awesome.
0: We each, I feel like, have had a very similar experience to yours in in 2008. The recession hit, and and it looks almost like, what kind of opportunities are even going to be out there? Mm -hmm. But you took the opportunity to reflect get into space and then there are opportunities that came from that that space that mm-hmm. openness to yep. to whatever so i guess a question that kind of leads from that is we're in a similar time right now after the covid19 pandemic and after a lot of change in the economy mm-hmm. and a lot of millennials like myself feel that there aren't as many opportunities out there anymore hmm whether that's on the local level or, or nationally. So do you think that that's true? Do you think that there are less opportunities these days?
2: Well, I guess from my perspective, I would say that I can see why it would feel that way when you look at a lot of the headlines. And, and of course, you all are of, of a generation, and, and then the generation after you is even more so what we would call digital natives. Believe it or not, I'm not that old, but old enough, <laughs> old enough to have preceded the invention of the Internet. With the internet, you have the world at your fingertips, which is an amazing thing. Mm -hmm. But you also have the world at your fingertips, (laughs) which can be extremely overwhelming because Mm -hmm. where in previous generations, for example, you think about major cultural or worldwide events, you would find out about it after the fact, right? So on December 7th, 1941, they bombed Pearl Harbor. You know, you didn't find out about that in real time. You found out about that days later. Whereas I remember September the 11th, 2001, in watching in real time on television when the second plane hits the tower. Well, the point of that is so much of what's happening on social media, it's all just uh, a tsunami of information that's coming at young people today, and and all of us, frankly, where everything that's happening is happening in real time, and uh, you can get access to it. That's pretty awesome, right, because we can have access to all kinds of interesting things, but it can be very overwhelming because for all the positive things that you have access to, you have all access to all the negatives too. And I think it gets back to who you are as a person and where you're grounded Mm -hmm. in terms of the approach that you take to life. And so I guess it's a long way of saying that I can understand why people might think that. My view as having been a little farther down the road is I think there are extraordinary opportunities for people today. Mm -hmm. I think that our only limitation is our imagination. And when we think about it through the spiritual lens and we think about how an infinite God created every human being and uh, what the power of the mind can do and the body and and all these different things, it's incredible. We've got to be willing to tap into that and then go, okay, where can I go with this?
1: I'm still sitting in that. I just feel like it is a really good perspective. And I Hadn't linked the developments in technology in the digital age with how people are feeling as they're like, "What is my career? How do I get my career started? Or where do I go next?" Mm -hmm. and finding those opportunities.
2: Well, that's exactly right because those questions are those are human questions, Uh right? Every person in every preceding generation had the same question. Mm -hmm. It's just that today, I think there is a plethora of things, and you got to try to figure out how do I, as a young person, sort that out. And yeah. try trying to figure out what path I should pursue.
1: And I was just chatting with somebody who's known me since I was a baby, and they were like, wait, what's your job? What do you do? And they're like, we didn't even know that was a mm-hmm. thing when you were growing up. And there's some of that too, I think. Oh,
2: absolutely. I, I have that conversation all the time because when it comes to technology, I'm a late <laughs> adapter, right? That's so okay. I, I'm the tip of the tail on the, on the adaptive curve. And, but one of the things that I think God has blessed me with is an ability to be able to see big picture and kind of maybe see just a little bit mm-hmm. over the horizon around the corner. And so in the legislative process, yeah. uh, one of the things that, that comes up all the time is automation and artificial intelligence, yeah. right? So I remember being at a lunch, and it was right up here on the north side of Indianapolis, and I was with a fellow colleague of mine and a couple guys – were presenting. They were from the Internet of Things over by Fishers, and they were presenting on AI. And I simply raised my hand and then said, okay, this is all fascinating to me. It's mm-hmm. amazing. How do we keep this from eliminating all the jobs that people need, right? Mm-hmm. At some point, if it's all just artificial intelligence, then aren't we going to actually be putting people out of business or mm-hmm. out of work? Their answer was exactly what you just said. And that is, that there are jobs five years from now that don't even exist, right? That we don't even know we're going to need until we get there. I mean, it is a cautionary tale. We do have to be conscious of that. Yeah, yeah. But because of technological advances, there's the opportunity to be able to then expand the horizon that much further.
0: It'd be really easy to miss all of those opportunities, though, if you're just Hmm. going with the flow of regular habits of life, if you're just trying to keep up. With what things are like right now, you need to have open space in order to, <laughs> to realize what's Yes, coming. exactly. Mm-hmm. That's always the challenge for leaders,
2: mm-hmm. especially if you're doing great stuff, stuff that you're passionate about. Yeah. Is how do you discipline yourself to have the necessary balance and margin to be able to just sleep, to rest, <laughs> to think, yeah. uh-huh. to process to explore. I'm only half joking. I say, yeah, we've slowed down to 80 miles an hour from 120. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm only half joking, really, because life is at such a pace that you feel like, man, I just got to keep up. And then, of course, Mm -hmm. in our case, we've got four kids who our oldest just graduated from high school. He's getting ready to go to the Kelly School of Business. And they're all multi-sport athletes. <laughs> you're
1: just running your, around. Your calendar, I yeah, bet. I'm yeah, imagining. Yes. I can't even keep up with my calendar. But
2: there's an important lesson there, too, because if you run too hard, and we see this in mm-hmm. leaders, you burn out.
0: And then you're no good for anybody to yeah. be able to do that good thing that you're really passionate about. Mm-hmm. There really are, it seems, more opportunities that are out there and a whole bunch of information that's bombarding us at mm-hmm. all times. What there's a lack of is the ability to... Reflect to mm-hmm. have space to learn from the things that you are going through right now, in order to seize the the correct opportunities.
2: Yeah, and I think I think a big piece of that, for example,
0: millennials, you always get dinged, right?
2: This yeah. whole uh, adulting <laughs> <we're sandwiched laughs> right, right between like, exactly generations that are right, us. and of course, <laughs> there's the greatest generation that aspires to sell these great things that none of us could live up to, but the millennials all get dinged, right? This whole concept of adulting, oh, adulting, they don't know how to be adults. Those that make those critiques don't realize that it's actually self indicting.
0: Hmm.
2: How does the next generation learn to make their bed or turn a screw or do anything that's required in life Hmm. if they haven't been taught by the older generation? And so I think one of the biggest things that's so important for all of us, but especially young people who are interested in trying to figure out okay, where is it that I'm supposed to go? What is it that I'm supposed to do? is to find an older person to serve in in kind of a mentoring role. Yeah. It it doesn't necessarily have to be, we need to meet every week for two hours, Mm -hmm. but somebody that you can kind of check in with regularly and just say, hey, can I pick your brain a little bit? I'm thinking about this. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Tap into some of that wisdom of the older generation. That's kind of the wisdom of experience. And I know in my own life, when I've taken that approach seriously, Mm -hmm. man, I have got some nuggets that have been those little bits and pieces from different people along the way that were really pivotal for me. And sometimes it's a regular mentor, and sometimes it's somebody that I respect. There was this two-year season when I was in my early 20s, and all of a sudden I began to realize that God was providing these opportunities to be at dinners or other events Mm -hmm. with what were household names of people that I respected. And so I thought, well, okay— I've got 30 seconds, maybe two minutes to talk to this person. Yeah. What's one mm-hmm. question I could ask them?
1: Would you ask?
2: It depended on the person, okay. right? So I, I, <laughs> I talked with uh, Joe Stoll, Dr. Joe Stoll, who at that time was the president of Moody Bible Institute. Yeah. And I came up to him. He was at an event in Indianapolis speaking. And I, I just said, you know, and this is going to sound weird, but I'm in my early 20s and I just feel like God's got something big for me and I don't know what it is. How do I prepare myself now hmm. to be ready for whatever God wants to do? Hmm. He said, well, there's a number of things you could do, but really it comes down to one key thing, and that is be righteous. Hmm. Now, I'll be honest with you. How did you do that? I went home that night, grabbed a notebook, and started a study on what does it mean to be righteous. And his huh? point was, if every day you're striving to be righteous, to do what God wants you to do hmm. in the right way, God has you on his growth curve. So that when those opportunities come, you'll be prepared for that. Now, the cool thing about that particular story is that probably eight or ten years ago now, after we launched the Sagamore Leadership Initiative, I was flying back to Indianapolis through Chicago, and I'm sitting there at the gate, and I look over, and there's Dr. Stoll. (laughs) And so I went up to him and I said, you're not going to remember this. This was like 15, 20 years ago. I had this whole conversation yeah. with you. He says, what did I say? What did <laughs> I tell you? I said, you said to be righteous. I had the opportunity to thank him and That's say,
1: "Awesome." let me
2: tell you where I'm at now. And that conversation was pivotal towards helping me do mm-hmm. what I do. So I think there's a treasure trove of opportunity for young people and young leaders that are really serious about wanting to learn. You just got to mm-hmm. be proactive in it.
0: You so you have to be proactive and uh, hearing present. Yes, uh, absolutely. each day. Um, yeah. Absolutely. That's where you find Because
2: you never know. That's the thing, right. right? You never know when an opportunity was there and then you missed it. Yeah. And I've had those too
1: where mm-hmm. I'd gotten out
2: of the habit of thinking of the question yeah. and then I saw somebody and I wasn't prepared.
1: Was
2: like, mm-hmm. <gasps> Man, because – That just continues. It shouldn't just be a young person thing, right? It Mm -hmm. should be an ongoing, lifelong learner type thing, no matter where you are in life. Mm
0: -hmm. And reflection on Mm -hmm. top of that, too. That's right. So what have you been reflecting on lately, John? What are are some things that you're learning right now?
2: Well, I tell you, it's it's interesting. We were talking about balance and margin. And when I think about this last year, especially what we've come through and are still kind of on the back end of, I hope we're on the back end of COVID, (laughs) but navigating a global pandemic which for virtually everybody except maybe those who are 100 years old it's unprecedented it is uncharted waters and I remember we had this conversation Daniel briefly but last year in March we had just finished up the legislative session and literally in fact one of the school districts in my area, Avon School, was the first school in the state, and I think maybe the first school in the country, to shut down.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: and They were going to shut down for two weeks, going into a two-week spring break. And it was like, hmm. they're going to be shut down for a whole month? That's crazy. you know. And then all of a sudden, they seemed prophetic, you know, that they saw something that everybody yeah. else didn't see. But at the time, it, there was no precedent. So we were in session. They were shutting down. And then all of a sudden there was this, you know, emergency order, shelter in place order given. And I kid you not, maybe it was similar for other people, but my 120 mile an hour schedule came to a screeching halt. You know, it was like coming around the fourth turn at the speedway and you just come (laughs) slamming into the wall. And so it literally took me a few days to just like adjust to literally not having anything. Like you couldn't go Mm -hmm. out. You could, no meetings. Zoom was a thing that other people did. You yeah. know, I didn't even, hardly with me and my technological capabilities, I hadn't gotten on to Zoom very much. And all of a sudden, after I worked through that adjustment for us and our family, it actually proved to be an extraordinary season. One that we wouldn't have planned because mm-hmm. we didn't slow down long enough to plan it. But one that actually I think has proven to be very, very valuable was certainly a rich time of uh, family bonding. It was a time of rest. I, I decided because I didn't have meetings, you know, I'm not even going to set an alarm clock. I'm just going wow. to let my body rest up.
1: Would you have ever dreamed that was possible? No, like- <laughs>
2: That's, exactly. I mean, who who does that unless uh-huh. you're on vacation? And I found that I averaged 9 to 10 hours of sleep a night. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. And then you get up and you're rested, ready to go, and you're you're still mm-hmm. working on stuff. It isn't like you know, you spent the whole time on vacation. Yeah. But we have a little six acre spread, what we call Crane Acres, over in Avon right near Lake Creek. And part of the reason why we bought it is so that the kids could run around and we could mm-hmm. get a dog and and do all these different things. And one of the things that we'd always talked about was, Hey, we ought to go camping, you know. Yeah. So we went camping on on the property. And the irony was it was the first time in six years that we had ever actually done it, even though we mm-hmm. said, yeah, one of these days, we're going to, one of these days, and yeah. it was always that. And then we set a set time every day at four o'clock where we played as basketball as a family and volleyball. And uh, it got a little competitive, I will say. <laughs> uh, but the whole That's thing great. was fascinating. <laughs> and, and here's the point. So during that, I sat the kids down, and we had a kind of a family powwow, just talking about... COVID. And I said, look, I want you all to write down a list of things that God is teaching you through this Mm. season. So everybody wrote down different things. And one of the things that has always stuck with me is that my daughter, Emma, who at the time was in fifth grade, made this fifth grade observation. She said, I never realized how busy we were.
1: Mm.
2: And it was a gut punch, to be honest, because if you're a little fifth grader, is making that observation and you're just kind of going and you don't even realize that you're just kind of strapping everybody else in and we're all going, you Mm -hmm. know. It was a little bit of a wake up call. So I wrote a column for a group called Men in Action, which is a great organization down in Hendricks County for their e-newsletter. And I titled it, uh, I Don't Want to Go Back to Normal. And the intent of that was coming out of COVID and basically saying, okay, based on some of the things that I'm learning, some of the the different rhythms that mm-hmm. we've been forced to adapt, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that I recognize that some of it's unrealistic, but what can I learn and how can I apply that once you kind of mm-hmm. get back to a regular rhythm of life, but maybe not quite so fast, you know? Yeah. And so it has. I've seen some positive steps. I, I've, I've, It's... I find that it's easy to swing back into old patterns, Very. right? Yeah. yeah. But I have seen some pro- progress and some growth, and and I'm grateful for that. I've got a ways to go.
0: What are some things that you've <laughs> noticed have been a little bit more difficult to to keep those like boundaries or those limits?
2: Two of them. Two of them that I would say. Number one, and this is something that I've always tried to tell myself, but you'll never get your to do list done, <laughs> and you have to be okay yeah. with that. Like otherwise, you adopt this mentality of. I can get this done. And that's the thing. So so you have so many things going and you have this voice in the back here. If I work harder, if I just work uh-huh. harder, if I just, just kind of cut corners a little bit on sleep, then I can actually get this done. Mm-hmm. Well, the reality is you can't because there's always going to be something else. And mm-hmm. especially then when you have kids and you have activities. And like in my case, you know, I'm in the Senate and then I'm leading this nonprofit and then I'm doing a lot of speaking and teaching and all just crazy kinds of stuff. And it's all awesome, but it's crazy. It's It's a crazy schedule. I had to get to a point where I had to be okay with saying, if I don't get everything done today, it'll be okay, right? It'll be there and we'll keep pacing. The second one is... It's okay for me to say that I run my life versus letting all the other voices mm. and pressures run my life for me.
1: Yeah. What's that look like? Well,
2: it looks like being willing to say no. Yeah. But I don't want to say no. So, so one of the <laughs> phrases that we've adopted over the years is here's, here's my best yes.
1: Okay. Huh. Right?
2: Like I, I'm Example. not going to say, ah oh, I can't do that. What I'll say is here's what I can do. Here's my best huh. yes. And you just set the expectation for people. Because that's really what it's about, is setting the yeah. expectation. Yeah. You get asked all the time, or, or here's, another, here's another one you can use. I would love to do that, but I just don't have the bandwidth right now. Yeah. Everybody gets it.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're
2: just like, hey, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I'm with you in spirit. I love what you're trying to do. I'd mm-hmm. love to be a part of that. I just don't have the bandwidth to be able mm-hmm. to pull it off. And then you, with you know, obviously God kind of helping you navigate that, can determine how much bandwidth is healthy. Yeah. Versus always walking around feeling guilty because, like, oh, man, I, you know, so-and-so wants me to do this, and they want me to do that, and these people want me to speak over here, all of which is great and all of which I would love mm-hmm. to do, but I just can't or I'll, I'll burn out. Mm. The third thing, and this is one that's a battle, it is a battle, and that is to take the Sabbath seriously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is a battle. It shouldn't be, right? I mean, it's one of God's top ten. It's very countercultural. It <laughs> is absolutely mm-hmm. yes, but that's the thing: when <laughs> you do it, when you do it, you're actually so much better off. Uh-huh. But it is so hard to do because it's countercultural.
1: All right, so we've been doing in the past year, experimenting what that looks like a bit in our own lives, and uh-huh. some even months or seasons of the last year, it's looked different. So I'm just curious: what does that look like for you, for your family?
2: Yeah, so it has been it has been a bit of a challenge, and we've had to try to kind of figure out what that looks like, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're always kind of balancing. I do want to do it, so I don't want to take, you know, kind of blow it off. But then yeah. I don't want to let the pendulum swing so far that you get so legalistic. Mm-hmm. And I think about our church tradition, and, and there's a tendency with some of that. Mm-hmm. So for me, my view on uh, the Sabbath is one day in seven, right? If okay. I take one day in seven... It doesn't necessarily always have to be Sunday for me, and especially when I was on staff at the church, it couldn't be Sunday because Sunday's a work day, right. Mm-hmm. right? But then it had to be something else. The problem with that is it used to be Thursday, except that Thursday, nobody's taking a Sabbath, so you just you can uh-huh. easily get caught back yeah. up into like the day-to-day stuff. Yeah. So you have to be more disciplined. But for me, it's one day and seven. So now, because our rhythm is a little bit more culturally normal, and I'm not a pastor anymore, I take Sundays. And that means going to church with the kids. That means, especially during COVID, we did a lot of online stuff like a lot of people did. Man, mm-hmm. we had some great conversations after church about what the pastor was saying, and mm-hmm. it launched us into a lot of great conversations like this, where the kids were weighing in and we were doing all kinds of stuff. It was a really special time. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. It, honestly, it. <laughs> I talked to our senior pastor. I said, you know, we finally realized... We probably better actually go back to church at some point, you know, because you can watch it online, which was awesome. Even after things were kind of opening back up, and we were having such great conversations, but it's like, okay, there is some value in being Mm -hmm. with the body of believers and and having that fellowship and that worship and all those things. And so that's part of it for me. The just rest. Mm -hmm. So I limit physical activity. Mm -hmm. I don't typically work out on Sundays. I'll try to work out Monday through Saturday, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sundays, just give my body a chance to rest. I try as much as possible to limit activities. Occasionally, you have something that's like, it just feels like I can't get around this. Mm-hmm. And that's where I have to wrestle with that kind of legalism piece. So I, I try to make some adjustments as I can and trust that God's grace is going to cover the difference. But some people treat it like once a week I have a Sabbath, once a month I have a Sabbath,
1: Mm-hmm. once
2: a quarter I have maybe a weekend in fact and then I also heard on the other end of that once a day I have a sabbath like mm-hmm. I'll take an hour break yeah. it up or it's just yeah. like I'm just going to you know rest or read or do something mm-hmm. that gives me a chance to kind of step away from the tasks and the duties of the day whatever that rhythm is I think it's important for everybody to find that rhythm. Mm-hmm. And, of course, God designed the system, so he knows what we need better than we do. <laughs> Boy, <it will> work. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I found that it really has worked for me. And, and most times, you know, people don't make a big thing out of it. One of the places where it's become a thing, actually, ironically, is that our kids play travel sports okay. and travel basketball. They're in a league that plays Friday and Saturday, sometimes Thursdays, but they also play Sundays. And so we told the kids, like, well, talk to the coaches, and if they're okay with you not playing on Sunday, then we'll consider you being a part of that team. And the coaches have been okay with that. Mm. And uh, so our kids play their guts out every day but Sunday, and then we stick together as a family. It's worked for us. I mean, maybe it's set an example for somebody. I know it, it has really been valuable for us, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it because I can't afford to otherwise I'll yeah. I'll burn out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: we have definitely been noticing that lately where as things are ramping back up to normal, we will sometimes be traveling on the weekends whereas mm-hmm. usually we'll have Sundays just like that mm-hmm. where we go to church and after church you you nap or or do something not on electronics mm-hmm. or try to keep away from our cell phones on mm-hmm. Sundays and stuff but now we've been getting back into the rhythm and we've really felt the loss of some of that.
2: Have you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and it, it, it does take some discipline. And
2: I will tell you too, I didn't do a good job as a single person, right? And I probably didn't do a good job when I was first married. As I've gotten older and as I've grown as a leader and begun to recognize like, man, you really do need, the, need this as a leader. If you're going to be effective, you've got to yeah. find balance and margin. I've been much more... Uh, intentional with our family, trying to set the example for the kids, my wife, and so forth. And uh, it's not always been well-received, but I'll be honest. It, it sometimes has been a, a push. But the more that they've bought into it and recognized it and grown in it, the more they've recognized, uh oh, maybe <laughs> God was on to something
1: here. There's something finding, to this. Yeah, they're yeah. finding the value of it,
2: even yeah. at, at a young age. So. That's cool. It's worthwhile, but it does take a lot of discipline.
0: It's hard. We don't want to accept limitations. But Absolutely. Freedom within limits. Mm-hmm. That's right.
2: Mm-hmm. That's right. And that's where, if we accept the limits, then we can actually be on the road towards the truly flourishing life mm-hmm. versus kind of doing away with God's limits. And, you know, we don't want to live this limitless life, and we don't realize that in many ways it can become self destructive if we're not careful.
0: Yeah, And going full circle, I mean, if you accept those limits, you'll be better rested, more open and present to the opportunities that that do show up. Mm -hmm.
2: That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right.
0: Well, what are some opportunities that you might have uh, for listeners, resources or other things about maybe keeping margin or how to say no or things like that? Yeah.
2: One of the things that I would say, and I read this book years ago, I need to reread it, but it's a book by Mark Buchanan called The Rest of God. And it is a book that has to do with Sabbath. And that really was the book that revolutionized my thinking on the whole Sabbath concept. Uh, It's called The Rest of God by Mark Buchanan. And that would be one, you know, people ask me all the time about, recommendations for books and things to read, and so I've got this like ongoing list of this is a must-read book. The rest of God would absolutely be on that list as something mm. to consider. There's other things. Craig Groeschel's got some stuff out there that I think is helpful. There's, I don't know, there's a number of things. Anglican uh, Church has got some different things related to Sabbath and margin and rest. There's the one, what was the book two that maybe we were talking about daniel or somebody was talking about I the probably, ruthless elimination yeah. of hurry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That, that that's it. one. Yes. <laughs> you know the irony of that. I have that book, but I've been too busy to read it. <laughs> so I I think there's uh there's a number of great resources out there. I would encourage any of your listeners to really do take that seriously and it'll be it will be fascinating to see what happens. You know, mm-hmm. I remember years ago when we were at Light and Life and uh, <laughs> I challenged the congregation to take a one-week fast from television and then to report back on what did they learn and what happened. First of all, right after the service, one person came up to me and very candidly and very honestly said, there is absolutely no way I can do that, Wow, which yeah. was interesting. Hmm. But at the back end of that, for people that took that seven-day fast of television seriously, it was amazing. They came back with all these stories. We never spent more time together as a family than we did this week. We played board games together. We went for a walk. We slept. We told stories. I mean, it was all the kinds of things that are actually much more lasting than mm-hmm. the greatest television show on Netflix. And I'm a, I'm a TV junkie. I'm a self-proclaimed TV junkie. But <laughs> it's just a matter of finding balance, right, yeah. and, and trying to figure out how you can keep your focus on the things that matter most.
0: I love that, though, too. It's just Experiment.
2: Yeah, try that's s- right. S- yeah, something out, that's like right. See what works for you. And, that's dude, right. Can
0: I go a week without my cell phone?
1: <laughs> right, that'd maybe be a not. crazy. There's career, some things right? where I can
0: go, yeah, sure, I can go a week without that, but <laughs> yeah. I don't know about this I don't over know, here. Know about <laughs> that. Something to challenge yourself for sure. Right, but that's really funny. Like the the TV that was before smartphones were. were oh, absolutely, <laughs> right exactly. Now, now we have even more. So that would be. So that
2: was that would have been what maybe 15, 20 years ago. If I were doing the same challenge today, it would be, can you go for a week without your cell phone? Hmm. I'll give you another quick story. As of yesterday, we went for nine days without running water. And it was a situation that last weekend, my my daughter was getting ready to get in the shower and started warming it up. And then the water stopped. And it was a Saturday night. So I called this plumber friend of mine, Nate Mishler. And uh, I said, Nate, here's the situation. And I don't want you guys to come out on a Sunday. I think we'll be good till Monday. He said, well my main guy has gone on vacation this week, but I've got somebody else I can recommend. I said, well, you know, let me think about it. But I said, I really love the service that you guys offer. And so I came back to him. I said, you know what? We're going to turn this into a week of Navy SEAL training. <laughs> I said, I'm going to have the kids go for a week without running water and see what happens. Oh, my word. Yes. <laughs> now, we live next to Lick Creek. That, yeah. was, that was one of the variables. And my wife was out of town all week. <laughs> So she can watch from a distance while we're out there like we've basically relegated ourselves to primitive living. But so we went the whole week and we filled water jugs and we filled, you know, we used clean water for some and then we used non-clean water for filling the toilet tanks. And, you know, it was one of these things where the kids were really had to force to get out of their comfort zone and it was not easy. And then the plumber came yesterday and fixed everything and the kids first thing all ran to the showers. Oh, thank you. This is so great. (laughs) But, you know, that was the point. And, that, and that, that was my point with my kids. Because the irony is, right, here's the senator down in the creek taking a bath.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, there was no media around at the yeah, time. Four acres, That's exactly. right. Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> but it, how many times do we do that? Yeah. How many times do we actually self-deprive? Uh-huh. Yeah. To yeah. where we're disciplined yeah. enough to say, you know what, I'm going to go without... X, whatever that thing is that I have to have every day. When we do that, there are all kinds of things that we learn. And uh, my hope through this little experiment this last week, waiting for Nate Mistress team to come over, was to give my kids a greater appreciation for the simple things like running water, Mm -hmm. which you don't think about until it's not there. And uh, so we're going to have a debrief conversation about that. We haven't had it yet, but we're going to. And it's going to be the same question. What have you learned through this that... You need to apply to your life, and I think it's the same thing on so much of life. Is what are what are the things that, if I did without that for a period of time, what might I learn that I yeah. wouldn't have learned otherwise?
0: What would that open up? Oh your, man, who knows? I mean, a no- yeah, once again, just like an oxymoron of just like in order to find opportunity, you self deprive.
2: That's right. <laughs> that's right. You're
0: always more, and more, and more.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. But then you find. I read all these kind of survival stories or POW stories or Holocaust survival stories because it's always fascinating to me to read accounts of people who have been brought to the absolute Mm -hmm. lowest Mm -hmm. and what are they able to endure and what are they learning through
0: that when
2: everything else has been stripped away. Mm
0: Wow. Yeah. I mean, we could go on and on. Like, there are four or five podcasts in here. Oh, never- yeah,
1: let's talk about more, 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 when yeah. everything's gone. What are the other ones? Yeah, but I was Boundaries, checking them out. Boundaries, limits. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: even like at the beginning, I was hearing some other stuff. I really yeah. Know.
2: Well, hopefully that'll give folks some different things to think about because we're all at different places on the mm-hmm. journey, right? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it is a universal experience of just being humans on the planet. But- Within that, then, we're all, maybe we've learned that one lesson, but it's this lesson over Mm -hmm. here that we've got to learn. And I think whatever the whole plethora of lessons are that need to be learned, once we learn them, we find that life gets better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It really does. It doesn't always get easier, but it does get better.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Well, Gwendolyn, anything uh, in closing before we let John go over here and, and continue in the schedule and <laughs> hopefully find some rest? Exactly. Well,
1: there's a lot I'm still sitting in, and I'm sure we'll reflect on and probably do another podcast from, but mm-hmm. you're very loyal to your plumber. Immediate takeaway. Well, you know, it's the interesting. The deeper ones I need more time with. No, it is
2: interesting. <laughs> I, and, I, and I am loyal to my plumber because that's another whole podcast, and that is... <laughs> My soapbox on customer service. I've got so many stories of bad customer service that when you find somebody who does a great job uh-huh. and does it well, and who is trying to live out their faith and their vocation, yeah, I want to support those people even if, even great. if it means going without water for a week.
0: Yeah, so. man, that
1: story, like the image of it, is sticking with me. Yeah. 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 customer service on grand. <laughs> That's <here>. right. <laughs> There's a little workshop out
0: there for you. Yeah. Um, well, thanks. You bet for coming on the podcast for making mm-hmm. the time and uh, not saying no, but well, hey I guess yes, guess. <laughs> this is my
2: best guess. no, seriously, I, I appreciate the invitation, especially since this is I'm your first guest, so I'm kind of a guinea are. pig i love I love the concept, love what you all are trying to do here with this podcast. I know the the you know world is filled with podcasts, but everybody brings a unique perspective to the conversation, and I think this is an important one, and so I appreciate the invitation to start that journey with you.
0: Well, thank you very Thanks, much. John. It's mean, really encouraging. Good to hear. Well, we also want to hear from listeners uh, like you about the things that you're learning and opportunities that you have to share. So you can connect with us and send us a message on Instagram at Learned Opportunity. And as always, follow and subscribe to Learned Opportunity Podcast. And I'm <laughs> Daniel.
1: And I'm Gwendolyn.
0: I'll enjoy us next time for more casual, professional, and lifestyle development.
1: The Learned Opportunity Podcast has been brought to you by Ecclesia Counseling Services, LLC, providing mental health and career counseling to the greater Indianapolis area. Perhaps you're anxious or maybe you're unsure about the future of your career, or you feel that you're not living the life that you are meant to. Whatever your needs may be, Ecclesia Counseling Services is here to offer support. Check us out online at Ecclesia Indy, E-K-K-L-E-S-I-A, I-N-D-Y dot com.